And now for something completely different. A radio show about books. Didn't think it through at all. Inconceivable! Is it a kingdom? Is it a pen? Is it a radio? I don't know. Can I just make more funny noises? Thank you. Tarzan of the Apes. Brought to you from out the pages of Edgar Rice Burroughs' immortal book. Oh, wow. In the beginning, the universe was created. This has made a lot of people very angry and been widely regarded as a bad move. And now for your host, Daniel Thompson, a completely underqualified buffoon who has no idea why he's here in the first place. And all were amazed and said, this guy is really good. Do you do children's parties? <laughs> Hello, and welcome to Kingdom Pen Radio. Thank you very much for joining us today for this very special episode. We are going to be talking about screen... I can't do it. I can't keep doing that. I don't think you're going to be un- able to understand what I'm saying. Nuts. Oh, well. Hi, guys. Welcome. Glad you're here today. I figured since we're three episodes in, it's about time to deviate from the subject of writing a little bit and do something that's related, but not quite where it was. Anyway, we're doing screenwriting today and the filmmaking process, the writer's filmmaking process with Eric Johnson. We're going to talk a little bit about his process for writing a screenplay. We're going to talk about his... That was a very distracting little sound there. (laughs) Wow. We're talking about his process for writing. We're going to talk about his Ella project. Lots of good things coming up. Eric Johnson has a wealth of information. By the way, we want to thank our sponsor of the day, ThinkGeek.com. More on them later. And we're going to jump right in. No further purpose in delaying the inevitable. Let's go. This is longer than I thought. Bum, bum. You're here because we want the best, and you're it. Nope, couldn't keep a straight face. Hey everybody, how's it going? I've got with me a very special guest today, Eric Johnson. He is an award-winning filmmaker. He has recently written the web series, the five-part web series, Ella, on Video On Demand. And he's a personal friend of mine. How you doing, Eric? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. Hey, thanks for being here. This is going to be a lot of fun. I'm I haven't had a film buddy on yet. Yeah, someone who someone who does. You are you are my first film buddy. Excellent. So, mm-hmm. so you do you do screenwriting primarily? Is that what your primary role is when working on yeah, these films? So I'd say I have two primary roles. I love screenwriting and I love film producing. I just uh, most of the time, I'll, if I can do both of those, that makes me the happiest. <laughs> you like the producing side of things, kind of the business? I do like the producing side. I didn't think I'd like it. I kind of got tossed into it my first time and I uh, ended up loving it. So I'm glad one of my friends kind of forced me into the role for the first time. That's cool. I'm always forced into that role just because yeah. there's no one else to do it. <laughs> yeah, right, right. It, it's easy because no one else wants to do it. So if you do like doing it, you have tons of opportunities to produce films. That is cool, and your name's been popping up all over Facebook. <laughs> on very, it's like every time I see you on Facebook, it's announcing a new project. It's really cool, man. 
Hopefully I'm not going overkill. <laughs> Hopefully not. But man, you you were keeping things hopping, and that, that's just way cool. Yeah, I mean, I love working on films. It's something I'm really passionate about, so I anytime I can get on a project, I'm going for it. And you told me uh, at, before the interview started that you've done like 30-plus projects. Yeah, that's stage. probably, you know, varying levels of involvement, but uh, everything from being the boom op to the producer, the director, yeah, about 30 is usually... When I try and think back to all the projects I've done, that's pretty much what I land on. Well, film is just so much fun. It is a fun medium to work with. It really is. Yeah, you have, it's kind of limiting in a way where you have, you know, just audio and just visuals. But in a sense, it's so freeing in that way because you can just really nail in two elements and really tell a story in such a unique way that you can't do so many other mediums. It's, it's really interesting. Oh, it's oh, it's fun. It is really fun. What's what's funny though? I mean, we were talking about this on Facebook a while back. How when you go back to trying to write normal prose for like a oh, book, yeah. and it's so dialogue heavy. Right, right. <laughs> I, I tried going back the other day. It was like, oh my gosh, I'm just writing another screenplay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I uh, I actually was recently in a critique group where. Um, I had just written up some prose. It was my first time kind of back from the screenwriting realm back into prose. And uh, I was looking through the feedback I got and it was lack of description, too much <laughs> you know, dialogue driven. It was just everything you'd look for in a screenplay. Mm -hmm. But uh, it doesn't quite translate into prose sometimes. Yeah, that, that's definitely a thing. Have you written a novel? Did you, did you ever complete? Yeah, I've written several actually. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. I think five, actually. Oh, wow. You remember yeah. more than I thought you had. Not wow. Of novellas, I should point that out. But Well, man, the difference between <laughs> right. 40,000 words and 50,000 words isn't that. Exactly. I like to say that, too. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're novels. We'll it's cool call them that. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. So you've, you've been more hopping than I thought you had. Man, five of them. Yeah, so, it's actually been a while since I've uh, finished a novel, but I've kind of, you know, moved over into screenplays a little more. But uh, yeah, back in the day, <laughs> used to novel writing was the thing, and uh, I, it kind of just—I've always fit more with the style of screenwriting. So once I discovered it, I kind of just went with that. I haven't really looked back, but yeah, I feel you there. It is it is definitely a great medium. I found I like I like both. I like being able to do funky things with prose. Prose, yeah. I kind of equate prose and cinematography. Yeah, yeah. You can be, you that. can do really cool things with. Cin I love cinematography, but I also love some of the cool things you can do with prose. And like my prose right now is really, really snarky. I come off just like you, coming off of a screenwriting and then trying to start a novel again. Mm -hmm. So I borrowed like Douglas Adams style of prose, kind of Hitchhiker's okay. Guide to the Galaxy. Yeah. yeah and okay. Is is really fun. It is really snarky stuff. Yeah, yeah, I bet. So when you when you get into a screenplay, I don't know, I don't know what you do. What what's kind of your process of writing when it comes to screenplays? Yeah, so I figured out with screenplays, um, a lot of times I've needed a little more of a game plan actually, even than heading into a novel. Really? Otherwise, I'll yeah, I'll just get bored with it and I'll toss it aside. I've written one feature uh, screenplay and. Man, it was tough. I really only finished it to finish it by the end. But that one, I just kind of sat down and started writing and, you know, whatever came into my mind. But 
really screenplays are such a structured thing that it just doesn't work that well to do it that way. Um, a yeah. lot of shorter projects I've even worked on, I just, I've just lost motivation halfway through. So I've really uh, started a detailed outlining process for most of the screenplays I write, which is very opposite of what I do as a novel writer, where I just kind of sit down and I just start wherever I feel like starting. So it's kind of yeah. interesting because screenplays in reality, they're less writing. You know, you've got about maybe 10,000 words in a feature. It's mm -hmm. significantly less than a novel. And yet I just feel like there's so much that needs to be planned out. Otherwise, you're really going to get tired of it. You're going to toss it aside. Well, there's so many elements you have to tie in. You have to make sure everything makes sense. Right. Whereas an and every scene has to be like important. Otherwise, yeah. in a yeah. novel, maybe you can put in a scene that's just for a little character or side thing. Right. But film won't forgive you for that. You have a right. scene that's worthless in film, people start rolling their eyes and flipping mm -hmm. channels. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's exactly it. And the other thing is, you don't have a lot of room yeah, for those kind of scenes, first of all. And second of all, you know, in a novel, you can kind of just write Worst case scenario, you come out with a little more character development and you know your characters a little better. In film, it doesn't tend to work that way as much. You, you know, you have dialogue. You don't get the character's thoughts. You don't have a narrative mm -hmm. voice. You're kind of, um, if you try and learn who a character is just through dialogue, most of the time you're not going to end up happy with that result. So no. It's, I, I have a project I worked on for, I guess it's been over a year. It's not out yet. Well, as of the time of this interview, it's not out. Okay. And it was just dialogue heavy, and that's where I use for almost an, all of my uh, my character development. I get the feeling that it just doesn't quite work the way it should. Yeah. yeah. It needs to be more of a, uh, I guess, more of the actions of the characters need to mm. reveal who they yeah. are. Yeah, you almost have to know a lot of who they are, in my experience at least, who they are before you even start. Where yeah. in a novel, you can definitely figure out who they are as you go, as you write. You know, you can go back and edit and, you know, correct the inconsistencies. But most of the time, I've found success when I've actually known who the characters are before I even start the writing process. That's really interesting. Now, what do you use for outline? Do you have a program or something? What do, what do you use? For outlining, no. I just I, I use Evernote, but it, it could be interchangeable with just about anything. Yeah. I, my outlines are very messy. I just kind of... It, it's kind of as if the first time I'm writing a novel, I just write out what happens. You know, I skip over details, obviously, but I kind of get the big picture of what's happened. Then I might go back and correct my outline, make it make sense. But the first thing is kind of, I just put the idea on paper and I call it an outline. Yeah, call it a, kind of a word vomit. <laughs> right. Just right. to get it yeah, out that's there. exactly what it is. Yep. So you don't, so while you do a lot of outline, you don't do a really structured outline. It's more No, of, it's not very structured. It'll look different for every project. For Ella, the web series I worked on, we had a pretty, you know, structured, detailed outline. We had some character sketches and that kind of thing. And that one was a really, you know, structured process. But most of the time, if it's just me, I, you know, with Ella, I worked with a co-writer and we were able to bounce ideas off each other and really put an outline together. If it's just me, I'm just going to put down a word vomit, you know, maybe come back to it, uh, fix it up a little. But essentially, it's not going to be the structured outline that everyone's used to with the Roman numerals and you know, yeah. all that kind of stuff. But 
So, hey, what was, what, what was it like bunny trailing? I know, but what's it like working with a co-writer? I've wanted to do that, and I've, I don't like doing it online. So yeah, what, how's yeah. your experience with that? For me, it's been a fantastic process. Both of the screenplays I'm really most proud of writing, uh, I did both with a co-writer. And uh, for me, it's just my personality is kind of, my creativity is a creativity that kind of bounces off other people. Mm -hmm. So the way we did it is, um, it was kind of similar both ways, but for Ella especially, we sat down and we kind of just started with an idea. I had an idea, essentially an idea that was more of a concept. I had written it into a three-page screenplay, but it wasn't going to go anywhere the way it was. So I ran it by my buddy Zach, and uh, the two of us kind of bounced ideas back and forth. We formed it into a much larger idea. And from there, we just kind of started at the beginning. What happens at the beginning? What happens then? What happens then? And we kind of just worked out the outline together. I wrote the rough draft independently, but I, I consider the process to have been uh, co-writing because so many of the ideas were Zach's, and I was yeah. just kind of putting them on paper. And then he came back, gave me some feedback on the first draft. We went through about probably five drafts. Um, oh, wow. And we came out with our end product. But for me, it was um, the co-writing process. I don't, I'm don't. i not exactly sure how you would do it with two people trying to write a rough draft. Yeah, that'd be hard. That'd be interesting. Yeah, that'd be an interesting process. But I've never tried it that way. I've always done it where you outline with a co-writer. Someone writes the rough draft, and then someone comes back and gives some feedback. That'd work really well. You know, Pixar swears by that model. Pixar really? is all okay. over that. Yeah, have you, have you ever read the book Creativity Incorporated? I just ordered it, but I haven't read it yet. Oh, it's so good! And their good. their whole thing is their brain trust. They get they get like ten guys in a room, who are the Pixar brain story people, and they have they have like like your instance, they have a single guy who writes it, and that's generally the director. But um, really? they're okay. all they're all critiquing, and they're they're all about candor in in giving their critiques. It is really good stuff. You should you should look into it. Yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to reading that. Sounds really interesting. Hey, want to keep talking with you? We're going to take a quick break. We will be right back after whatever the heck I will put into this particular midsection. This is Kingdom Pen News with the stories you really want to hear. I'm Daniel Thompson. A kangaroo has allegedly been harassing flags on a golf course in Australia. According to video footage captured by an Australian pro golfer, the animal repeatedly smacked and then attempted to jump on one of the flags on the course. The motivation behind the kangaroo's actions are unclear, as it was unavailable for comment and I don't live in Australia to get it from him. The IT Department of Oregon has reportedly created a giant wheel out of empty iMac boxes. Standing at 9 feet tall, spacious enough for a human to crouch inside, authorities say this may mark the discovery of the only good use for Apple technology. A giant inflatable minion allegedly blocked roadways north of Dublin, Ireland, but it's all okay because the drivers, being Irish, were very likely inebriated anyway. No charges have been pressed against the minion. A Texas man allegedly shot an armadillo at 3 a.m. in the morning on a Tuesday. The bullet reportedly ricocheted off the animal's armored hide and struck the man in the head. In brief, business as usual in Texas. A Naples, Florida parrot has learned how to sing Everything is Awesome. This is what it sounds like. A 
A Whole Foods store in Los Angeles allegedly attempted to sell bottles of asparagus water for $5.99. This product consisted entirely of bottles of water with uncooked asparagus submerged inside of it. A witness to this event was reported as allegedly saying, somewhere in LA, Whole Foods executives are laughing at us. Finally, dog riding monkey races will continue despite protests. For Kingdom Pen News, I'm Daniel Thompson. Kingdom Pen Radio. I told you it'd be cheesy, nice. man. Nice. I specialize in cheesy intros. It's my. Well, you did pretty well then, yeah. That's my one true skill. <laughs> Great. <laughs> so tell me more about the Ella Project. You, you said you went through like five drafts on the thing? Yeah, so we really, when we approached the Ella Project, uh, we were. We're, we still are, but at the time we were also seniors in college and it was kind of our, we wanted it to be a kind of defining moment where we make the transition or at least blur the line between a student project and a professional project. So that was our first project where we kind of dropped the word student film from any of it. Yeah. We really wanted to make something that could stand up on its own dis, um, despite being a senior project. So we really tried to ignore the fact that you're doing it for school and really emphasize the fact that we want this to be something we can professionally market, professionally distribute, and really just learn at least a, a little bit more of the process of what it's like to make a professional film, or in this case, web series. Was it pretty successful? Uh, it, it did pretty well, yeah. We were actually, when we look back at the numbers and stuff, I'm pretty pleased with what we were able to put together. You know, it was our first time really marketing a film like this, really distributing it. Um, I come out with a lot of things I've learned that I think I can do better next time and really, you know, do even better in the distribution type channel, especially. We kind of went through one channel of distribution, which looking back, I would never make that decision again. Yeah, but, just doing the Vimeo Plus thing. Yeah, yeah. So Vimeo On Demand, we kind of discovered is a great platform for independent film and people who love independent film. But if you're not necessarily a lover of independent film, you've probably never even heard of Vimeo, much less Vimeo On Demand, which you can go on Vimeo for quite some time without even figuring out Vimeo On Demand exists. Yeah. So you tell, you know, you're trying to sell the show to these people, you're telling them to go to a website they've never heard of, give them your credit card number, you know, it just... Yeah really wasn't the process I think a lot of people were looking for. It's not so, really consumer friendly. I oh, no, it's not. Um, it's very user friendly for the seller, but mm -hmm. oh, not so much for the consumer. Uh, have you looked around at some of the other distribution sites? Yeah, I think my next big bet would be Amazon. I think oh yeah, the ones who have nailed the instant video platform. And mm -hmm. everyone has an Amazon account. Everyone. So it's yeah, it's as easy as one click and you own the show. Vimeo, you know, you had to go through this process. People didn't get it. They didn't know what was happening. Amazon, everyone's familiar with the site. And it seems like it's just as easy as one click and you own it. And I think that was kind of the barrier that we had the most difficulty uh, getting over. Even when we'd put sales and stuff on the show, we didn't see an mm -hmm. increase in how many units we sold. In fact, you know, a lot of times this, when a sale ended, we'd end up with more people buying it than did over the sale period. Oh, wow. We really figured out it wasn't the price that was the barrier. It was the, the platform. It seemed to be Vimeo itself. Huh. That's really interesting. 
Hey, yeah. back, back to screenwriting. I, I have a question. This is something that I've had to deal with over and over and over. But do you ever have like those those freak out stress moments when your actor does something that's totally opposite the way you saw the character doing it? <laughs> do you do do you have do you struggle with those character to actor transitions? Actually, yeah, for the most part, I have to say I love what actors, what a good actor, I should say, brings to a character. Mm -hmm. I've really worked with some actors who I think have made characters come to life. I've been in audition rooms where we've had as many as uh, probably 30 people auditioning for a role. Oh, wow. Yeah, and uh, so we had this one role. I'm thinking of specifically one role on Ella. It was for the villain role of, uh, we call him Trev. Mm -hmm. We had a bunch of people come in and read for that role. And uh, it was me, my buddy Zach. He was the director. I was the writer and producer of the project. And then we had our lead actress who was going to play Ella sitting in on the auditions with us as well. So when we started auditioning these guys, you know, people were coming through. And at one point, I actually leaned over to our, when no one is in the room, obviously, but I leaned over to our lead actress and I said I think I'm going to rewrite this part I'm starting to hate the character of Trev I <laughs> really don't feel it anymore and she told me no the lines aren't cheesy you just got to wait for the person who's going to come and make them work mm -hmm. and I sat back and what do you know we had uh, one of the best actors I've worked with Andrew Stecker he came through and he really pulled off the role he made me believe it it's now it's got to be the best villain role I think that I've written but on the other side, like you're talking about, I have struggled with that, you know, transition from writing into acting. There's just certain moments you pictured a certain way, yeah. and, you know, nitpicking, but, you know, there's things that you really wanted to see one way or another, and they just don't go that way. I've actually found the most trouble with keeping my mouth shut when I wrote, but <laughs> didn't direct. Oh. Because I don't want to be on set trying to direct actors from yeah. a writer's standpoint. You don't want to be that writer. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it's hard to see, you know, something you wrote and imagined so specifically in one way go a totally different direction. Yeah, because the director can take it wherever he wants, really. Right, right. Yeah, so a lot of times my thought is more, you know, it's hard to keep your mouth shut when you're not the director. And I work with directors who I think do a phenomenal job. But as the writer, I'm convinced you're always going to have at least one or two of those moments on every project where you wanted to see it one way. And the director and the actors are taking it another way. So. Oh, absolutely. And I, I know I would struggle. I've never been on a project where I've written and not directed. So yeah. I always have control over how I'm directing my actors and my cinematography especially. I think that's the, the big thing, even beyond the actors, that would get to me, to, to not be able to control my cinematography. Yeah, yeah. Are you, are you a cinematography buff? Do you see the story when you're writing it? Or does that no, matter do. to you? I do some cinematography, but um, I wouldn't call myself a cinematographer necessarily. I can do I can do it. I have been the cinematographer on a couple films, um, but I've worked with cinematographers who have much more of an eye for it than I do. So I tend to stick more with them. I do picture it, as, you know, as a film when I'm writing it. I picture shots here and there, but you know, I know guys who they think of an idea for a shot and they start writing a story around that. That's definitely not me. I'm not cinematography based. I'm more based in the writing and in the story and the cinematography for the most part comes afterwards for me. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. 
that's a good that's a good thing. I'm glad you have that. <laughs> I'm I'm on a project this year. At least I hope I am. I'm hoping college isn't going to interfere. Where yeah. I'm going to be uh, just cinematographer. Right. I didn't write it. I'm not directing. I'm just doing that. And hopefully, hopefully it'll be really good. I'm looking forward to the experience. Yeah, that's it is an interesting experience. The last time I was a cinematographer on a major film, uh, ironically, I was producing, and uh, our cinematographer a few days before we started shooting, he slipped on ice. Oh gosh! And uh, yeah, he broke a few teeth, and and he had a concussion, and he was just out of it, and. I was the next most, you know, trained cinematographer to step into the role, so I took over. But Murphy's Law. You know, it kind of, yeah, yeah. It kind of came out with a kind of Roger Deakins type feel. I mm. tend to take a very static approach, you know, where yeah, definitely. there's not a lot of shot movement, and uh, it's just very, you know, looking back, I might have even have tweaked that a little bit. But I, I do like the static approach a lot of times, but. Well, I, yeah, pre- I prefer static over shaky cam any day of the week. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And I've done projects both ways. You know, sometimes it just fits the story one way or another. Yeah, sometimes it really does. Yeah, and, you you know, I have to say I, I have so much respect for cinematographers who can, you know, read a story like that and read what it translates to on camera. I, I wouldn't call myself a specialist in that area at all. It's a whole other type of writing with pictures, and it's really, it's really yeah, fascinating. It really is, yeah. Now, um, we're going to take one more quick break, and then we will be right back. I know I said we were only going to do two, but we're going to take another break. <laughs> okay. And we'll be right back after this. Think Geek. It's a place, and frankly, it's the first and last store you will ever need. When a grandparent asks what you want for Christmas, give them this link. When you find money on the side of the road, spend it here immediately. When you're sitting at home contemplating whether or not you're ready to have another existential crisis, go to Think Geek and all will be made well. Don't believe me? Allow me to use this overdone sales cliche to get you to click on our affiliate link below. Doing so will not only allow me to pay that $15 per month media hosting fee for this podcast, but will also give you access to the largest store of fandom merchandise conceived by man, thinkgeek.com. Because why have money when you could have a Chewbacca hoodie? Be a pal. Click the link. Welcome back. We got our final segment here, and Eric Johnson, once again, hey man, thanks for being on the show. You are a cool guest. (laughs) Thank you. This has been fun. We're going to have to bring you back on again to argue, like, whether movie plots work or something. We'll figure something out. We need to bring you back. Make it happen. (laughs) Well, Eric has very graciously... We're going to do a giveaway. Eric is sponsoring a giveaway. You are giving away the full Ella series for free. Yep. Which, that's on on Vimeo Plus, so you won't have to... Find it on on Vimeo On Demand, yep. So, what, what you... In order to get into this giveaway, first of all, you have to be liked. You have to like the Kingdom Pen Facebook page. You have to already have done that. Or you can go and do that now. And then you go and like, if what's what's the Ella Facebook page called? Is it just... So the Ella Facebook page is called Ella, but you can find it by going to facebook.com slash Ella on Vimeo. Facebook.com slash Ella on Vimeo. Yep, that's it. All right, so if you've liked the Kingdom Pen page, and if you like that page, then you are entered into this drawing. And we will announce that at the end of the week or what, from one week's time of this episode. Before the new episode, get your likes in, and then we will 
present you with your promo code so you don't have to enter in your credit card information. That makes Vimeo a not-so-nice place to... (laughs) (laughs) Well, we'll skip over that. (laughs) So, free stuff! You know, it's good. It's a good thing. Bless you, Eric. Bless you, Eric, for your free stuff. Hey, where are you at on social media? Where can people follow you? Well, you can uh, follow my personal page on Facebook. Just send me a friend request, Eric Johnson, on Facebook. Uh, I know a pretty common name there, but... Uh, <laughs> we'll post your profile pic. We'll make it work. <laughs> yeah. As, uh, follow me on Vimeo, uh, vimeo.com. Uh, I'm Eric Dean Johnson there. You can find me, I believe, by typing vimeo.com slash Eric Dean Johnson. I think my page should come up at that point all right man well hey thanks so much again for being on the show thank you hey i'll talk to you again soon you have a good one sounds good you too you're listening to kingdom pen radio i still have no idea what to write write about anything write about your family write about the talking whale what whale the one that's trapped in your imagination and desperate to get out and there we go. Hey, thank you all for listening in today. I really appreciate it. I checked the numbers. Now there's three of you listening in, so that's really exciting. Hey, if you want to subscribe to the Kingdom Men... Kingdom Men. Kingdom Men. That sounds like a Christian dating site. <laughs> Kingdom Men. Find your Kingdom Men today on KingdomMen.com. Anyway, no, KingdomPen.org. If you want to subscribe to our newsletter, you can do that instead of liking our Facebook page. Some of you may not have a Facebook or something, so you can do that for those of you who, you know, live in caves and eat bark off of trees. You can do that. Also, we are on iTunes, and you have the ability to rate us, like you have a 1 to 5 stars. Rating us apparently helps us in some way, I guess with publicity. I'm being completely honest with y'all, I don't know quite how it works. So, if you would rate us on iTunes, apparently that helps us out. And since you're getting this for free, that would be cool. Anyway, hit up Eric Johnson on his social medias. He's a cool guy. He posts cool stuff. So I'll have all his links down in the article on KingdomPen.org. You can hang out with me on the KingdomPen forum, by the way. I'm all over that sucker, posting all sorts of obnoxious things and all of our topics, which isn't hard because we don't have that many yet. But you can add topics there, and it would be fun. We could hang out, and that'd be rad and stuff. You can pick up a moose t-shirt over at our store, our Kingdom Pen swag store. It's pretty crackalackin'. It's worth going and taking a look at. We have good stuff. Good stuff. Good, very, very good stuff. Thanks to ThinkGeek, our sponsor of the day. They didn't actually give us any money, but if you spend money over with them, then they give us money. You don't have to. You're not obligated to, but you ought to check out the store because I'm telling you, that place is freaking awesome. Our guest next week is obsessed with dragons. He's written a ton of books about them. It's like the only thing he can think about. So, yeah, check him out next week. You'll have to wait and see who it is. But anyway, Dragon Obsession, it's a thing. You can catch me on Facebook, Twitter, and if you're homeschooled and you know it, I'm on Goodreads. Thanks again for listening in. I will catch you next week. Have a good one. Farewell.